Want your launch to bring in tons of new customers for your digital product, but not quite sure what to do to make that happen? You might need to host a five-day challenge. On the show today, we're talking to the master of five-day challenges. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you, who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, Rebels. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and joining me on the podcast today is Zach Spuckler. Zach is the founder of Heart, Soul, and Hustle and host of a podcast by the same name where he teaches business owners how to leverage Facebook ads and launches to strategically maximize leads, conversions, and sales, and ultimately to profit. At just 25 years old, Zach has helped his students execute six-figure launches and create sustainable sales funnels that leverage Facebook ads that allow them to work less and profit more. I've wanted to have Zach on the show for quite some time because he's honestly a genie with five-day challenges. And let's be honest, while there are many ways to launch a digital product successfully, there's not a one-size-fits-all formula. What works for me might not work for you. What works for the next person might work for you or might not. As a creator and entrepreneur, you have to figure out what works for you and for your customer. And that might be a webinar, a video series launch, an evergreen launch, or a combination of any of those things. It's my job to present you with all of the options. And that's why Zach's here today, to introduce you to five-day challenges, to tell you what they are, how they work, why they're successful, and of course, to introduce you to some strategies that will help you make your five-day challenge a major victory. As you're listening to this episode, if you hear something you love or learn something new, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, tag me at Edenfried, and tag Zach. We want to hear from you. We want to chat. That's what this is all about, right? Okay, guys, let's dive in. Zach, we're so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is a good conversation, a really important topic that we're going to be discussing today. So you're kind of like the five-day challenge wizard <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you fall into five-day challenges? Yeah, so five-day challenges have become like my, my pet project, my, my secret obsession or not-so-secret obsession <laughs> um, when I started launching about three, four years ago. And I was launching and I was having a really good time doing it. But after I launched, I would like burn out and I would just like hardcore be exhausted. So um, I did a few launches and I actually met with a friend in New York who was like, you should try five day challenges. And I was like, okay, tell me all about them. Um, we had like a little five minute conversation over dinner and I was like, okay, we're going to test this out. And we ended up adding some stuff in, taking some stuff out, turning it into a system and uh, we really created a cohesive system that duplicates and scales um, really well for people in various industries. So we've worked with dog trainers, we've worked with financial experts, we've worked with B2B, we've worked with coaches, um, we worked with people who teach Instagram, house flipping, like everything you can imagine. We've, we've had people do a five-day challenge around. And uh, what's been really cool is to see that we've, we've developed a system that people can use. So I fell into it because my launches were basically exhausting and hectic. And we spent about three months planning for this launch that did about $20,000. 
And then we did a five day challenge. It took me about two weeks to plan and execute and we made about $20,000. So when I stepped back, I was like, man, if we can really systematize this and create a process that, uh, that we can duplicate and scale, which like I said, we we've done now, um, we'll be able to, to offer this to other people as a way to build their businesses. And so now it's been really cool to work with other businesses and that, that's how I fell into it. Just, you know, we were doing something that was working. We found something that works even better. We turned it into a system and here we are today. That's always the best kind of story <laughs> when you <laughs> kind of like walk into something accidentally and then it turns yeah. into something great. I love that. Yeah. So what were, do you mind sharing a little bit about some of the other strategies before five day challenges that were the more exhausting and chaotic launch formats that you were using before? Yeah. So the biggest thing was we were doing webinars um, and there's nothing wrong with a webinar. Like we still use webinars in our business. But what I tell people is like, look, webinars are like very unforgiving um, because you've got 90 minutes to make the sale and do everything right. We were just working with um, a client who had a webinar with like thousands of people registered and 20 minutes in everything cut out. And so it's just like, it's so stressful to put everything on this one 90 minute session to make sure that everything goes perfect, that everything converts, that all of your tech is, is good. Um, and then you've got all the lead up to it where you've got to like, you know, for the first webinar we did, we spent like three months in lead up um, versus with a challenge, you can kind of do it. And that five days kind of builds the trust connection and authority that you have to spend months building up um, with like webinars or more traditional models. Um, we've also done uh, video series, which, We've done Facebook Live video series, um, which weren't bad. We got really reasonable results, but I still think that I'm going to start gravitating back towards challenges um, because they continue to call my name. And um, But that's the big thing I tell people is like, look, I'm biased because I've got a program around challenges. We've run a lot of challenges. We've gotten great results with challenges, um, but I'm biased. The reality is webinars work, video series work, email marketing campaigns work. It all works. It's just a matter of what works best for you. And what we love about challenges is that they are a very forgiving mechanism. And when I say forgiving, what I mean is um, you've got five days. So let's say day one um, doesn't work amazing, right? It's not a big deal because you've got day two, three, four, and five. If on day three, people are like, I'm lost, I'm confused. You can go live and create supplemental content. We did a five-day challenge where on day four, people were like, I'm so confused. And so we literally, um, we woke up or I woke up, I noticed that people were getting stuck and confused, lots of questions. And so we created a really simple PDF that condensed that day's training into one page. And then immediately people were like, oh, this makes sense now. You can't do that on a webinar. You lose people on a webinar, they get confused, you're in trouble. You lose people in a video series, you're in trouble. Your email marketing doesn't make sense in a sequence, you're in trouble. Um, you don't run into that with the challenge. The other thing we love is that it's a combination of live video, Facebook group, and email marketing. So you're kind of hitting people from all directions. So with a webinar, you've got, like, they need to be there for that 90 minutes or they need to watch the replay, right? With a challenge, if they opt in, they're going to get an email. They're going to see it on Facebook. They're going to see it as an advertisement. They're going to see a live video. There's just so much opportunity to create the exposure effect where um, it's actually a psychological phenomenon, the mere exposure effect, which basically says, the more you see something, the more you trust it. So we're just building trust and authority by consistently showing up in their newsfeed, on their video feed, um, in their inbox. And so, you know, that's, that's why I love challenges and why I think that they're better than some of the other mechanisms out there. But 
like I said, I always try to come from a, a relatively unbiased position of look, we use an, we use an automated webinar in my business. We love webinars. Um, we love video series. We've played with them. Um, but challenges are just a great way to get started and a great way to scale your business. And I think another important piece here is that you really need to pick what's good for you. Personality type has a lot to do with that. So if you were to kind of like sum up the perfect personality type to host a five day challenge, what would you say that would be? Yeah, that's a great question. I've never been asked that before. So I would say it's somebody who number one is very um, giving or, or service oriented um, in terms of their audience. Now, this doesn't mean you have to be like um, the Mother Teresa of challenges, but you have to you have to want to give back to your audience because when you do a challenge, you have to show up in the Facebook group, you have to show up on live video, you have to show up in their inbox, which means you have to be willing to show up and provide value. So somebody who's very giving. The second thing is somebody who is, you don't have to be outgoing, you don't have to be crazy confident, but somebody who's willing to do live video and test it out. Um, we are proponents of live video. I think live video is a, a fantastic way to run your challenges. Um, and so you have to be kind of willing to go on live video and willing to be really authentic and real. Some of my best challenges, we did a challenge while, where I was on the road um, and I literally did them from a hotel room in like a t-shirt. And that challenge converted crazy successfully in one of our bigger challenges. Um, but it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't um, anything special, right? It was just me showing up on live video. So you just have to be willing to show up. And then the third thing I'll say is somebody who you, you really need to believe in your product. Um, because you show up every day, because you're going to have to pitch your product on live video, um, because you're going to pitch your product in the Facebook group, you have to be somebody who really believes in your product. Um, and so I know that's not necessarily a personality type, but I would say somebody who is um, not, I don't even want to say confident because I don't think you have to be crazy confident, but somebody who, who wants to be confident, outgoing, and, and ready to promote their product. You don't have to be at a hundred percent yet, but you have to be a personality where you're willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to be a little vulnerable. You're willing to kind of put your most authentic foot forward um, and see what comes of that. So openness, openness, willingness, and serving uh, a, a service based mentality are going to be the big personality types in, in my opinion. Does that answer the question? <laughs> oh yeah, it totally does. And it's really interesting that you mentioned that you don't have to be a hundred percent confident, but you have to want to be really confident. Yeah. And I think that's important for something that involves live video or even pre-recorded video where people are so nervous about being in front of the camera and like just putting their face out there. Yeah. But you, they say fake it till you make it. But I, I one time heard, and I do not remember who said this, but somebody said, and if you guys listening know who it was and want to fill me in, let me know, um, fake it till you become it. And I really yeah. love that. Like if you're not confident, just pretend to be the confident person you want to be. And eventually you'll be that confident person and that will shine through in a five day challenge or anything else. Yeah, 100%. And like, like the more you do it, the more confident you become. So we have this saying where it's like your first launch is to learn, your second launch is to break even or make some money and your third launch is to scale and profit. And so, you know, you don't want to lose money at any point along the way, but it's all about learning and becoming more confident. So people who do their first challenge might be nervous or uncertain, but by the second or third one, you're confident, you're showing up, you know what to do. And as you learn the ropes, you become more confident, right? It's just like the first time you got behind the wheel of a car. Um, I remember uh, when I got my learner's permit, I was like, all right, you drive home. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if I crash the car and kill the family, right? Um, and it was totally fine. And now you just, you know, you get behind the car 10 years later um, 
and you're just like, Hey, I'm, I'm driving. Right. It's like, it is what it is. There's, there's no, there's no fear or uncertainty. It's like, I'm getting in the car and I'm going for a drive because I've been doing it for, for 10 years now. So, um, I think it's the exact same thing with challenges. It's like, you don't have to be confident from day one, but you have to want to become more confident. So, so hundred percent. I love that. Would you say that there are certain types of products that work better with a five day challenge than others? Yeah. So recently I was uh, doing an interview where somebody asked me this and I used to say um, that the best thing this was for was digital products, services, and consulting. Um, but we've actually seen and, and interviewed with somebody who did really well uh, marketing an e-commerce business um, with a challenge. And so what I tell people is, look, there's a couple of things that you have to consider. Number one is profit margins. If you've got a $40 product, it's going to be hard to run a challenge because lead costs are just higher with Facebook ads. And that's what we're advocates for. If you've got a big audience, um, you can have a lower price product, but if you don't have an audience, it's going to help to have something priced like 197 or higher to be completely transparent. Like that's where we think the sweet spot is 197 or higher. So it's great for services. It's great for coaches. It's great for digital courses. Um, it's not as good for like one-offs or like mini products. Um, unless, and this is where the big caveat comes in, unless you got backend systems in place to, um, upsell, cross sell, down sell, um, promote higher level products. So like we have worked with people who sell a $97 product, but they also offer coaching. And so they're able to move, you know, two or three people who buy the $97 product into a thousand dollar coaching package, which makes the challenge totally worth it for them. Right? So it's all about understanding your business and what the value of a customer is to you. And basically if you're going to convert at about 3% on a challenge, I'm going to turn into a numbers geek for a second, but if you're going to convert at, at a 3% on your challenge, and at your price point, that means you're breaking even on your cost to acquire a customer, um, but you've got backend offers in place, great, then a challenge is a perfect fit for you. If you're gonna convert at 3% and profit versus your cost to acquire a lead, then it's absolutely a perfect fit for you. So you really wanna look at what does it cost me to get a lead, and if I convert at about 3%, am I profiting on that lead? And that's where we like to start. Okay, so you mentioned Facebook ads. Is that the only way to get people into your five-day challenge? So we say that there's three ways to get people into your challenge, three traffic sources, organic, paid, and referral. And basically, the, the more time you invest in paid marketing, the less time you have to spend in time-based marketing. So paid traffic is like Facebook ads, um, Google ads, YouTube ads. We really focus on Facebook ads because they're the lowest hanging fruit and they're, they're easy to run once you learn the logistics of them. Um, so that's paid marketing. Organic marketing is posting on your Facebook, posting on your Instagram, posting on your Twitter, um, you know, just anything that drives people into your, uh, your challenge organically. And then referral marketing is things like being on podcasts, asking friends to share, um, creating a shareable domain. Like when we do a challenge, we run it all through fivedayhustle.com. And so we say, share fivedayhustle.com with a friend and people do. So referral marketing is like anytime you put your name out there in front of somebody else's audience, um, those are really the three ways that you're going to fill up your, your five-day challenge. Now, what would you say to somebody who wants to partner up with affiliates for a five-day challenge? Have you seen that be successful? It can work great. So we worked with affiliates on one of our five-day challenges and got great results. Um, we just had a girl on the podcast. Um, her name is Amy Eden, and she worked with an affiliate partner and did crazy well with her, uh, her five-day challenge. So affiliates work really well. What I will say about affiliates is run your challenge at least once or twice by yourself without affiliates. So you can get your numbers, you can get your math because um, as you start working with like, you know, 
higher level affiliates, people who have a bigger audience, they're going to say, well, what's my, what's the earnings, right? What can I expect to earn? If I get 500 people signed up, what should my projected return on, on spend be? And so you really want to get clear that, um, you're not just, when you work with an affiliate, you're not just responsible for making the sales, you're responsible for understanding the data to give to them. So, Yes, affiliates work great, but it's not something that I recommend right out the gate. It's something I recommend on your second or third challenge once you've got some good data. And the other thing about affiliates is I think people are um, less scared of affiliates than they are of Facebook ads, which always fascinates me because you're probably spending way less um, in terms of cost per lead in Facebook ads than you would with an affiliate. Even for like a $97 product, that could be like a $40 commission right there. Yeah. So when we work with affiliates um, at a thousand dollar price point, we give away 40%. And so every time we have an affiliate sale, which we love, we love affiliates. We love working with affiliates. There's something, there's, there's something bad about affiliates, but we're essentially, we're paying at least $400 to acquire a customer. Um, Plus whatever we spend on advertising infrastructure, you know, internal team, Facebook ads, um, because somebody may opt in through our Facebook ad and then find an affiliate bonus that they really like. And so they may go with that affiliate, even though we paid to acquire them. So we could be looking at a five to $600 cost per acquisition to acquire a customer where it lowers your profit margin. Now that being said with affiliates, you also reach audiences you weren't going to originally reach. So anytime, like, you know, I always reference back to Netflix. Netflix is twelve ninety nine a month, I think. Um, but they're willing to spend over $100 to acquire a customer. So they understand the long-term value of a customer. So it's the same thing for you. If Yes, you may be paying four dollars to $500 to acquire a customer, but you're profiting four dollars to $500 on a customer. So especially in a space with digital products, it's like there is no real overhead in the product. So if the affiliate lets you reach an audience you're not going to originally reach, then it's totally worth it. Um, to put your name out there and to reach other people and to build your email list and still acquire a customer, um, even if it's a slightly higher cost than what you would do yourself. But I agree 100%. People are more drawn towards affiliate than Facebook ads. But at the end of the day, you can create a really similar ROI. Yeah. It's just you kind of have to weigh the <laughs> the costs and benefits. Yeah. And Moving into talking more about an actual challenge and hosting yeah. your first challenge how do you choose this is a question that i've gotten a lot from people um they have a product they know what their product is but they struggle so much with choosing the topic for a challenge and even like naming the challenge so what what advice do you have for those types of people so we follow the psp model uh which is not something that we created so i always like to lead with that it's not my invention Um, but it stands for problem solution problem and basically your audience has a problem that they want you to solve before you introduce the problem that your program solves. So one of the easiest examples that I can give is in the the weight loss space. The problem people have is they're like, I wanna weigh less. Um, But how many times have we seen like a clean eating challenge or a sugar detox and it's like, people don't wanna eat clean or sugar detox, they wanna lose five pounds, right? And so if you solve their problem of like, look, I wanna lose five pounds by saying, here's the solution, I'm gonna help you lose five pounds in seven days, right? And I know you can't necessarily promise that. We're just using this as an example. Um, But then they say, okay, cool. The the new problem I have is how do I create a long lasting weight loss plan? And you say, well, now the solution is clean eating, right? It's the difference between solving the problem they think they have and solving the problem you know they have. Um, Another example that I think works really well 
is we ran a five day um, funnel challenge, how to set up your first email sales funnel in five days. And the product we were selling was a Facebook ads program. So a lot of people were like, well, why would you run a funnel challenge instead of a Facebook ads challenge? Well, because the problem our audience was saying was, I'm not making any sales, I'm not making any sales. No one's buying from me. How do I get more sales? And we're like, fine, you want more sales. You need traffic. Your problem is not sales. Your problem is traffic, right? But they're like, no, no, my problem is sales and no one's buying from me. How do I create more sales? So we said, fine, you want more sales. That's your problem. Here's the solution. You need a sales funnel. Well, once they have a sales funnel, then they've got this new problem of how do I drive traffic into my sales funnel? And we're like, will you use Facebook ads? So basically the PSP model is stop telling people what their problem is and start solving the problem that they perceive themselves having. That will tell you what to do your challenge on. That will tell you what to name your challenge. And then you can move people through the process of building trust, building authority, building connection. And then they'll trust you when you say, here's the root problem. Here's what's really going on. And we can solve that together. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, this is an important thing to do, whether or not you're going to run a five-day challenge. Yeah. Because if you're not sure you know, what wavelength your customers are on, then you're not going to be able to create a marketing message that's going to resonate with them at all. So whether or not you're in the market for a five-day challenge, this is... You know, 100%. This applies to webinars. This applies to challenges, video series, email marketing, social media posts. Like It applies to everything that you put out there in terms of content that you're trying to drive to sales. And the other part of that is also you might have like three different types of customers for your one specific product who are all kind of like at different stages of belief or, you know, stages of thought yeah. process. Um, and that's an important aspect too. So to follow that up with a question, does your five day challenge, should it always encapsulate, encapsulate like the majority of people or can you create different types of challenges that reach different types of people in your audience. Yeah, you can absolutely do multiple challenges that reach multiple people in your audiences. Um, from a logistics standpoint, you don't wanna be running a challenge like every two weeks. It's just a lot mentally. Right. Um, but you can absolutely create different challenges. So we, excuse me, let me say that again. <laughs> so we have challenges uh, that we run for different products. Now we've since simplified our business and we only have one product, but we had products that met people at different places in the market. People who are trying to get organic traffic, people who are trying to get paid traffic and people who are trying to launch. Those were like our three avatars that we were working with. So we had a different challenge for each one. And yes, you can totally create a different challenge for each person. What I will say is that for most of us, there's one overarching problem that our audience has. And it's way easier to create a challenge that speaks to the majority of your audience than to try and pigeonhole yourself into all these things. So for example, um, we did a challenge called how to generate 20 leads in your first sale with live streaming or with Periscope. Periscope used to be really big when we ran this challenge. Um, but <laughs> basically we were meeting people who wanted organic traffic. We were peeping, meeting people who wanted to generate more sales. And those were the two biggest subsets of our audience. How do I get more sales? How do I get more leads? Um, and that's really like the two biggest problems that our audience has. So we created a challenge that encapsulated both of those things um, and met our audience where they were. How do you keep people engaged during the five day challenge? I mean, that that's kind of like a long period of time for people who have zero attention span <laughs> these days. So how do we keep them engaged? Yeah. So engagement is, is challenging and we tell people there's an engagement ratio. So, um, first things first, you want to have a Facebook group. 
And the Facebook group is where you send people to create engagement. So you're having all the engagement happen inside this group, but there's an engagement ratio. So for every hundred people who sign up to the challenge, only 40 to 60 are going to join the group. And of those 40 to 60, only four to eight are actually going to engage with your content. So just realize that part of it is a numbers game, right? So for every hundred people that sign up, you've got six to eight people that are going to actively comment and engage. It's not a ton, um, but it is, it is still a good representation of your audience because those people are engaging. That's the first thing. So understand the engagement ratio. The second thing that I'll say is creating engagement is about asking for it. So we do a daily email, a daily live stream, and a daily post for the group. And each of those has a call to action that's like, head over to the group and engage. Drop a comment below. Let us know what you're thinking. So a lot of people think that engagement happens naturally by just putting out good content, but you also have to put the call to action out there to get the engagement. And then the last thing is we take all of our content within our challenge and we run it as an advertisement to everybody that signed up. One of the biggest challenges with engagement is that people don't see your content. You know, you only get it like 20% open rate on email is average. Um, Facebook reach is like 8%. Um, so we take our content that we post on Facebook and we take our live stream that we post on Facebook and we run it as an ad to everybody that signed up for the challenge. So we're making sure that we're getting in front of them. So it comes back to that exposure effect of like, we're trying to get people to see our message so that, that we build trust and authority. And then the more they see our message, the more likely they are to engage. So those three things really play together to create maximum engagement in your challenge. That being said, what kind of ad spend should we think about putting aside if we're going to plan a challenge, not in terms of um, attracting members, but in terms of like showing the content to those who signed up? It really depends. And I know that that's a, that's, that sounds like a cop-out answer, but it depends on the size of your audience because you pay um, based on how many people you're advertising to. But basically if you're running a challenge of like 100 to 200, like 20 bucks a day for the five days is more than enough. Um, if you're running a challenge closer to a thousand, you're looking closer to like 50 to 80 bucks a day. Um, where you're going to spend like four to $500 over the course of the challenge. What we tell people is look, whatever you're going to budget for your challenge, allocate 15 to 20% on retargeting and engagement ads. And that's pretty, that's usually a pretty solid number. So if you're going to spend, um, you know, $400 filling your challenge, allocate about, you know, 60 to 80 bucks for retargeting, which breaks down to about 15 to $20 a day for the five days. All right. So the big question people are definitely interested in is how do you actually transition from the five day challenge material over to the launch and pitching process? Yeah. So I have a mentor who basically says leading up to your pitch, it's all about delivering value, showing up for your audience, giving great content, making sure that you're connected with them. And then the minute the pitch happens, it's all about the sales messaging, right? So you've given value, you've showed up, and now you're asking for the reciprocity of the sale. So when it comes to transitioning to the pitch, there's basically what I call the bridge. And the bridge is basically saying like, look, here's what we've provided up to this point. Um, here's where you may still be struggling and here's my solution. So a lot of people are like, okay, so now I've got something for sale and it's like, it's awkward. Um, but here's a really simple kind of script that you can follow. You say, Hey, uh, thank you so much for hanging out with me over the last five days. Um, we've covered X, Y, and Z, and I hope that you've really enjoyed that. Now, I know that a lot of you are looking to take it to the next level. You may be thinking, what do I do with 
X, Y, Z, right? So um, if it was my funnel challenge, you'd be saying, how do I get traffic into my funnel? How do I actually start generating the leads to generate more sales? How do I test out this funnel that I've already created? And for those of you who are like having these questions and want to take it to the next level, I want to introduce you to my program, uh, which at the time was called Rock Your Facebook Ads. And inside this program, we cover, and then you just go right into the pitch. And you basically say, if you've got any questions, I'm going to answer them uh, in just a few minutes. So stick with me. But I, I really think that this program can be transformational for you. And so I'd really love to tell you a little bit about it. And then I'll come back and answer any questions that you might have about the challenge or the program itself. So we do three things. We basically move from, here's what we've covered here's where you might be stuck. Here's my offer. I'll answer your questions at the end. And then you pitch. And it's just, and, and the biggest thing is like having confidence in your product. I think where a lot of people struggle is they're like, well, I, um, you know, I've got this thing and I would love to tell you about it. If, if you're interested, blah, blah, blah. And they like create all these like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they create Blinders all these, for <laughs> yeah, these limiters and they're like, well, you know, this and that. But the reality is the people who like you and want to learn more are like completely open to the pitch at this point. Um, and you're not forcing them to be there. You're not forcing them to buy from you. Um, I, you know, that same mentor likes to say, you can control what you do with your launch, but you can't force people to take out their credit cards, right? You're not forcing people to spend the money, um, but you're saying, Hey, if you want to learn more, here's the opportunity to do that. And so just think about this as this is your opportunity to serve those people who got lots of value in the promotion and say, hey, here's the next steps if you want to get even bigger results. So think about coming from a place of service when you sell, not coming from a place of, oh my gosh, I've got to put this pitch out there. I'm pitching. What if people don't like me? And instead say, oh my gosh, what if people are struggling? What if they're stuck? What if they want the next steps? And I've got the solution. So having that nice script to follow, but then also coming from a place of service and confidence is really going to help with that pitch. And the interesting thing is if you do your five-day challenge really well and you're nurturing your audience throughout it, people know when they sign up for a five-day challenge that there's going to be some kind of pitch at the end. And some of those people will start to ask like three days in, okay, like yeah. I'm sold already on something. I don't even know what it is that you're going to sell, but I'm, you know, I'm ready for it. 100%, especially in the B2B space or the marketing space. Um, in the non-marketing spaces, sometimes people are a little greener to the idea of a launch. Um, but we see in the marketing space all the time, people on day three or four are like, how much is it going to cost? What do I need to set aside? I'm ready now. How do I get in? Um, and you know, you want to build that anticipation. You want to get people excited. Um, and you want people to be like, yes, what is the next step? All right, so we could talk about five-day challenges forever, but I know that you have a bunch of information um, yeah. on like the how-to and everything surrounding challenges. So where can we learn more from you? Yeah, so if you want to learn more, we have this awesome on-demand training. Uh, it's an automated webinar, so full transparency. But if you want to learn more about our five-day challenge process, we've got this automated webinar that you can check out over at heartsoulhustle.com forward slash challenge class. Um, and if you head over to that link, um, what you will see is you can register for an on-demand time that works best for your schedule. And we'll walk you through uh, how to generate more sales in your challenge. So we walk you through the process of how to fill, build, fill, plan, and execute your successful five-day challenge. 
Um, and we walk you through the process of how to actually do that. So if you head over to heartsoulhustle.com forward slash challenge class, you can grab a time that works for your schedule. Um, it runs every 15 minutes um, or you can schedule it for the next day. And again, we'll walk you through how to plan, fill, build, and execute a successful and profitable five-day challenge so you can get the insight on our complete system. That sounds amazing. I'm going to drop that link in the show notes for you guys. Um, so just click on over there and definitely get yourself signed up for that. Uh, where can we find you on social media? Yeah. So if you want to connect on social media, the best place is over on Instagram. I'm at heart, soul, hustle. Um, and if you have questions about this episode or you want more information about anything, you can drop me a DM. Uh, I personally check all of my DMs. So I'm always in there checking them. Or if you got lots of value out of this episode, you know, take a screenshot of it, tag me on your Instagram or your Instagram stories. Um, and let me know that you got lots of value so I can respond and send you some love. Love it. All right, Zach, thank you so much for joining us and hopefully we'll have you on again sometime soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. You just listened to episode 26 of Rebel Boss Ladies with our amazing guest expert, Zach Spuckler from Heart, Soul & Hustle. If you loved it, remember to drop us a review on iTunes and to share on social media. Your support means so much. Rebels, it's been real. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and remember to keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up.